you have to look at it a little differently. And like you said, yeah, a lot of us, we've been conditioned to think a certain way. It, it feels more complicated than the tree's life, right? We have all these things that we do and we add all the stress and and we have to do this to be successful. And we come up with all this thinking and uh, noise mm. and it's very distracting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lauren.Live. I've got Liam Naden with me. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for having me here. It's uh, going to be an interesting show, I'm sure. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. So Liam is um, a man of many wonders, a speaker, a teacher. He's a relationship coach, a writer, a researcher, and a podcast host. Are you still doing the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got two podcasts. Yeah. Using going. your brain for success. That's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And then what's the other? Yeah. The other one is about marriage and relationships, and that's called Growing in Love for Life. Oh, okay. This is juicy. We got a lot, a lot to cover. Um, would you mind just doing an intro on yourself, kind of a little bit of your background and then how you got interested in these areas? You know, you've got a really interesting story. So I'd love it if you sure. share it. Okay. Well, um, as you mentioned in your introduction, I am primarily, I see myself as a researcher, a writer, a speaker, and a teacher. And really primarily what I'm interested in or what I'm consumed by is how do we get the results we do, we really get in our life? And more importantly, how can we be happy? How can we feel in control of our life, do the things we really want to, to do? And what I believe, and which I can talk about a bit, is to live our purpose, which is to be the best that we can be. And that's something that I've always been interested in, but I took it quite a different tack, or if you like, I took the traditional tack of approaching that subject for quite a few years. And I studied all sorts of different things to do with success, how to be the best that you can be, how to be successful. And I went down many different paths. I went down the religious path, the spiritual path, I studied meditation and many spiritual practices, law of attraction, all those sorts of things. I went down a lot of the personal development, self-help path areas. So I'd literally, I'd go to seminars all over the world. I'd read books. I'd do courses. I'd study programs. You know, I was forever doing things like listening to tapes in those days about how to reprogram your subconscious mind, how to change your beliefs how to be positive, how to have positive thoughts, all those sorts of things, you know, and goal setting. And alongside of all of those things that I was doing about how to, studying how to be successful, I was also applying it, if you like, in my own life, because I I was pretty well an entrepreneur for most of my adult life, still am, I guess. So I've had 18 different businesses, and I so I always had my own business, and I was applying, if you like, or trying to apply principles of success to that. So I always worked really hard and I and I achieved a lot of success, quote unquote, in my life. But one thing I noticed what that I always had, which I wasn't so crazy about, was I always seemed to have stress and problems. And it was almost like the more successful I got in terms of the more money I was making or the bigger my business or whatever it was, the more problems and stress I had. And it was like this roller coaster of continually trying to achieve more to overcome problems, overcome problems, and then try to achieve more and then um, end up with more problems. You know, and I started to um, really believe 
what many people would say to you is true, which is that problems and stress are a natural part of achieving success. You know, if we want to be the best that we can be, if we want to achieve our potential, we have to overcome adversity. We have to overcome difficulty. We have to struggle. We have to challenge ourselves to be bigger, better, greater, more, all those sorts of things. Now, I subsequently realized or discovered that none of those things are actually true, that, that struggle and stress are not part of our life purpose at all. But anyway, I was starting to believe that that, that was the case. So here I was barreling along, studying all these things, applying them to my business, having lots of problems and stress and dealing with all that as well, setting my goals, you know, working harder and harder. And then something happened when I was in my mid-40s that should never have happened because remember I'd studied all these things to do with success, but I actually ended up going from being a multimillionaire to losing everything and becoming homeless. And I had to move back in with my elderly mother and sleep on the sofa in her living room, in her small apartment. And, you know, and I thought at the time, why is this happening to me? I know about goal setting. I know about taking control of your thoughts and your mind and achieving what you want to do through you know, determination and, and, and going after opportunities and all those sorts of things. But I felt very much out of control of my life. I didn't, none of these things seemed to be helping me. And they certainly, I thought, well, where, why have they helped me? They certainly haven't helped me to get into this situation. So anyway, I went through all that experience. And as you do, you come out the other side. And I started to rebuild my life. And I started to set up new businesses again. And I start, I attracted a new personal relationship with somebody who was wonderful to be around which was a bit of a contrast <laughs> for some of the relationships I'd had. But one of the things I noticed was, excuse me, just getting a cup of tea delivered. Sorry. No <laughs> uh, one of the things I noticed was that my life seemed to be working in quite a different way. And whereas before I'd been chasing after success, really struggling, setting higher goals, overcoming problems, really working towards it, it was as if success was actually coming to me. And this wasn't in a sort of a law of attraction type way, but it was like the right sort of people seemed to show up at the right time. I seemed to get the right ideas at the right time. You know, someone would come along to me and say, hey, Liam, here's an idea for a business. Why don't you do that? Here's an opportunity. And I'd go, that's a great idea. And I'd do it and it worked. So things were in much more of a flow. And I was finding, and I still am actually, that I was doing all of the things that really made me happy, that I was enjoying life, and things were a lot less struggle. And, you know, I was, in, I was looking forward to waking up in the morning rather than dreading opening my email, and rather than going to bed at night stressed and worried about all my problems, I was looking forward to the next day. And I suddenly realized I don't have any problems or stress. What's happening? Something is very different here. I'm doing something very different. And I thought, I need to figure out what this is because I don't want to stop doing it. I want to make sure I don't mess this up because this is really great. I feel in the flow. I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like I'm fulfilled and I feel like I'm in control of my life. So that really led me to a whole study of who we really are, what we're doing here on a very basic level, actually on a biological level, and to understand how we actually get the results that we do in our life. and through research and pulling ideas together and also my own practical experience of what has worked and not worked for me 
and what I've shown and seen and others has worked and not worked. That's really what I do now is share this information on how you really work and how you get the results you do. So that's basically me. Wow. <laughs> um, that's, that's incredible. Um, do you, do you believe now that you've come through the other side that that, uh, losing your money, becoming homeless, having to go sleep on your mom's couch, do you believe that was almost like a, a gift and a universal like nudge to, to change the way of life? Right. It forced you to, but. Absolutely. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, mm -hmm. really, or one of the best things that ever happened. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it works. But you know, what I've come to realize, and, and I'm, I'm, I'd like to, I'm sure we'll talk about this, is who we really are and how it all works. Because what I've come to realize is that things like gifts, mistakes, whatever you, events in your life, whatever you call them, whether that you call, label them good or bad, they are all actually something that you create on a biological level, on a physical level. And it's all to do with how, how you're using your biology in the right way. It's not anything outside of you. Well, it is that your connection to, to something you're a part of that is greater, but it's actually something that you do physically. And this was something I'd never really considered before because I always thought, well, you know, you have to sit down and write your goals and you have to struggle and you have to learn this new technique. It's all stuff out there. Mm -hmm. It's not using what you've already got inside you on a physical level. Because here's the thing, and maybe I could just um, segue into this this comment, really, or this um, idea. What I noticed when I one of the changes between my old struggling life and my new being in the flow life was I started to notice the world of nature more. I, st I started to spend more time in nature, and I thought there's something really strange here. Because if you really look closely at nature, this physical, natural world we live in, it's full of success. Every living thing is, quote, unquote, successful. It's being the best that it can be. And I thought, and, you know, of course, there's a small percentage. They've Scientists have estimated, people who've done work on this have said, nature is 98% successful and 2% unsuccessful, which means that 2%, you know, a plant might not be growing in the right place or might get swept away by a, a storm or whatever. <clears throat> but in general, every plant, animal, whatever living thing is being what it's there to be, without stress, without problems. But there's only one living species that, that isn't like that, and that's us humans. We're actually 98% unsuccessful because we're, we've got all these stress and problems. And if you were to ask most people, do you feel successful? They'd tell you what all their problems are and all the reasons why they feel bad. Very, very few people feel totally fulfilled, feel in control of their life, and feel that they're living naturally. And the really strange part about this is, if you want to analyze who you are, and I started with that as well, thinking, well, who am I? One thing that we very rarely look at is our biological selves. And that's really strange because we have a biological body. Now, that might not be all of who we are. We might have everyone, you know, there have been lots of books written on who we really are. But we've got a biological mechanism somehow. We've got a physical body and we live in a physical world that is also full of other biological mechanisms, other species. So a really good question to start with is to say, all right, you don't might not know what your purpose in life is, but what's your biological purpose? What's the reason you exist? What's the purpose of your biology? And all biological science will tell you, well, the answer to that question, all biological life 
at its heart, at its essence, its purpose is to survive. The whole, everything in nature is wired to survive and to do its best to survive. And of course, how, what gives it the best chance of survival? It's being its best. When an organism is at its best physically, and, and uh, well, physically for most organisms, it has the greatest chance of survival. So in a very real sense, biologically, everything is designed to be the best that it can be to give it the greatest chance for survival. And with humans, we're exactly the same because we're biological as well. We've got all of the same mechanisms that, of nature. We exist in a natural world. But for us, being the best that we can be to give us the greatest chance of survival, to live biologically to our best, doesn't just mean physically. It means mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, which means to be happy, to feel good, to feel great. You know, that's actually, when you're feeling good, that means you're being at your best, which gives you the greatest chance of your survival. So you actually have a biological purpose and you are wired to, to aim to be the best that you can be, which means to feel happy, feel great. It doesn't mean to have problems. They don't help you survive. They weaken you. So if you carry on this biological line of thinking, the next thing I thought, well, surely nature has a mechanism, a system, a, an apparatus, a, some sort of something that works, a law, if you like, to make sure this works. You know, what has nature provided to ensure that everything strives to be the best that it can be? And it is a, it is a physical thing. It's a bit like nature has other laws. It has a law which says, if you walk out off a cliff, you're going to go down. It's a law of gravity. It's just the way nature works. So nature does have a biological survival mechanism for every organism, and that's a brain. You know, the sole purpose of a brain is to ensure that that organism is striving to be the best that it can be so that it has the greatest chance of survival. That's fascinating. But it's we an have... interesting way of looking at it, isn't it? And I'd never yeah. really considered that before. Yeah, nature but, is... But fascinating and you think about it yeah. it's quite logical and the brain turns out just it is actually just a machine its purpose is to do that and it operates in a very specific way to fulfill that purpose that's what it's wired to do that's what nature that's what this universe life is wired to do is to use an intelligence called a brain to ensure that it has the greatest chance of survival by being the best that it can be mm -hmm. that's it but here's the really interesting thing if we're not being the best that we can be then then what's going wrong? Why? Why? What's happening? Well, if you think about any machine, and because the, the brain is a machine, really, it's quite complicated in that sense, because it's got a big job to do to make us happy, successful, being the best that we can be. That's a big job, um, but it has the power to do that. But it is just a machine. And if you think about any machine, a motor car is a good example. You know, we know what a motor car is. It's a machine. And it's designed to do a specific task, which is to take you from where you are to where you want to be. That's that's all it's there to do. And it's going to do it predict predictably, efficiently, reliably, you know, with certainty, if you use it the right way, if you drive it the right way. And if you do that, all you need to do is get in and enjoy the ride. You don't worry about whether it's going to work or not. And you don't worry about whether it's going to create any problems because it won't if it's used the right way. And it turns out that the brain is exactly the same. And that's why in the rest of nature, there is so little failure. There is so, because most of nature is using its brain the way it was designed to be used. But we as humans 
we've been given all these ideas and programming, if you like, from birth and all these false ideas about who we are and how we work, that means we mess it up. And no one's really even taught us how to use our brain the right way. No one's ever said to us, you know, if you're, one of your children comes along and says, I don't know about your children, I'm talking about <laughs> one's children, <laughs> you know, maybe a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old says, Dad, can I take the car to a party tomorrow night? It's 100 miles down the road. And you, you'd go, no, you can't. Well, why not? Well, you don't know how to drive it. You don't know how to use that car. But I know it'll get me there 100 miles. Yes, but you need to know how to drive it. And then the child might say, well, look, just give me a, I'll, I'll learn about it later, but just give me a couple of quick tips so I can get there fast without having to learn too much. And the, and the father would say, I'm sorry, that's not the way it works. You need to understand how it works, how to use it the right way, and how you actually operate it. And then you need some practice. So we do it with a car, mm -hmm. but no one ever comes along to us and says, you know, what tends to happen with our brain is people say, well, I want all these things in my life. Show me how to get them. And you say, well, you actually have to learn. Well, this is what I say. You have to learn how your brain works. You have to learn how the, the machine that is designed to get you those things without stress, struggle, or uncertainty, you need to learn how to use that machine. And people say, oh, just give me a quick tip. Just give me an idea that I can do it straight away. And, and again, I say, them, you know, it's not about quick tips. It's about learning how to, under, how to drive the machine. But the beauty is just like with a car, if you put in the right fuel, and there's a few confusions about what that is as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about. If you put in the right fuel and use it the right way, you don't need to worry or doubt that it's going to get you to where you want to go. You don't need to get out, like you wouldn't get out of a car every five seconds and check that the engine's still running and the wheels are still turning. You just sit back and enjoy the ride and do what you need to do to get you there. Exactly the same with the brain. Wow. Well, you make it seem, sound so easy, but I mean, as we know, it is. as we know, though, it takes some, it, it, you have to look at it a little differently. And like you said, yeah, a lot of us, we've been conditioned to think a certain way. It, it feels more complicated than the tree's life, right? We have all these things that we do and we add all the stress and, and we have to do this to be successful. And we come up with all this thinking and uh, noise mm. and it's very distracting. And yeah, oftentimes we go along with things um, that we're, we kind of just fall into, right? Careers or relationships, but it really was it's not really truly fulfilling, but we stay in them and then we wonder why we're stressed. Mm. We create a lot of our own problems and suffering. So the consciousness, the awareness that you have and uh, that you're speaking about is so valuable. Um, okay, so if it's not a quick tip... What are some of the things we can do to start learning that or relearning that or however, however you want to, um, I don't know, how would you best, I guess, describe shifting to use sure. your brain properly <laughs> or, sure. or, or find your biological purpose? Well, the first thing to, uh, is really about understanding what I've been talking about. And I think these are simple concepts. You have a biological purpose. You have a biological body. You live in a biological vehicle that is in a biological world that's all wired for the same thing which is to survive and be the best that it can be once you accept that the only other thing the next thing you need to accept is you have a machine that everything has that's designed to do that and that is your brain and then all you need to do is understand how the brain works because it's a bit like a car again if you know a car is, is a machine designed to get you to where you want to go and you know you need all you need to do is learn how to drive it that's all you do and it doesn't need to be complicated 
sure, but it takes a little bit of understanding. It's not like you just want to quickly, you know, read a manual or um, and then get in the car and expect to drive it. Or somebody tells you, gives you a couple of quick tips. So as I say, the first thing when you understand your purpose, then you understand you have a machine that's capable and designed to have you live that purpose. Then the most important thing I've found, the next level of understanding is understanding how the brain works. And what I've done is I've actually created a model which explains in fairly simple, non-technical language, although it's all backed up by science and technical terms, how your brain works. And the fascinating thing is what I've found is most people, when they even when they just hear about this, it immediate, immediately tells them what they're doing wrong with their, the way they're using their brain. And it's like with the car, they go, oh, I've been using it the wrong way. No wonder I've been getting the wrong results. Now I know what to do. It's, I just need to figure out how to do it in practice. So I think that's the beauty of it. So maybe I could share with you what, how the, how, the model for how your brain actually works. And I think um, you know that'll clear a lot of the mystery, as it were. Sure. All right. So essentially, as I say, this is all backed up by science. This has all got technical terms, but you don't need to know the, all the technical names. You just need to know how it works. So essentially, we have four parts to our brain. You could even call them four brains, but they are parts of your brain. The first part is what I call the thinking brain. So this is it's got scientific terms. It's located in the top of top of your head. And this is the part of your brain that is responsible for gathering all of the information that you accumulate in every second of your life through your senses. So literally everything you smell, taste, touch, hear, or see, any ideas, any any thoughts, whatever it is, these come in from your environment into your thinking brain, and they're stored there. So this is like a library or a database, a vast library of all of the information that you've picked up through your life in every moment up until including this moment. That's the thinking brain. The second part of the brain is physically located just below the thinking brain. This is the feeling brain, the emotional brain. And this is responsible for how you feel. So it sends chemicals without getting too technical, but it sends chemicals to the rest of your body to activate your feelings based on certain decisions that it makes. And so you can either feel really good, happy, loving, all those things, or whatever it is to the other extreme, afraid, worried, you know, anxious, those sorts of things. That's all managed by your emotional thinking brain. The third part of the brain is called the, what I call the survival brain. And this is located at the back of the head. And this manages everything to do with your moment-by-moment -moment survival. So it's nothing to do with your thinking, obviously. But this handles things like your breathing or your all your organs functioning, you know, your, your heart rate and basically everything to keep you alive, to keep you surviving. But there's one other thing that this part of your brain also manages, which is absolutely critical to your survival, and that is for the very odd, and in modern times it is very odd, unusual time, when you are presented by your environment with something that could be an immediate threat to your survival or something that could harm you. You know, for instance, we, in the classic analogy in prehistoric times, the caveman's walking down the forest and the lion jumps out at, at him. So there's, there the brain recognizes an immediate threat to your survival. And what it does is it kicks in a part of your survival brain, which we've often heard of as the fight, flight, freeze response, if you like. And you react to this danger immediately without thinking, without you know delay. 
and you maybe with the line you run away or you shout out for help or you stand and fight, whatever it is, this is your survival brain acting to preserve you from a life-threatening situation. And that's perfect for what it's there for. Now, the, the fourth part of the brain, and this has only more recently become um, discovered, if you like, by science and starting to realize this is in a different physical location to your brain, but it's what I call your creative brain. Now, your creative brain, this is not your thoughts. It's not your feelings. It's not your reacting to danger. This is things like your creativity, as the name suggests. And in fact, you know, we hear about composers or musicians who write music and they say, I just heard the music and I wrote it down. I don't know where it came from. Or a writer who writes a poem or a book, they just write the words. They, and they're like, I don't know where that came from, those ideas, or whatever it is. So this, your creative brain manages your creativity. It also manages your motivation. It gets you to do the, and it gets you to do the right things and not do the wrong things. So that this is also where the little voice comes from. Mm, I don't think that's the right thing to do, or I, th I think that is the right thing to do. But when you're using this part of your brain, you're actually doing the right things as well. You're not just doing what we often do, which is think, oh, I don't think it's the right thing to do, but we do it anyway. <laughs> you actually do the right things. So all of this part of your brain, this is about this is the part that manages your life for you to be the best that you can be. Because when you're creative, when you're imaginative, when you're resourceful, when your awareness is expanded, which is what it is in your in this in the state of using your creative brain, when you see the truth of what's going on in your life and your life situation, when you make the right decisions, when you know what to do, and not only that, when the right people come into your life, when the right situations happen, because on a low level of awareness, we call those things luck, chance, and synchronicity. But your brain is infinitely powerful. Its job is to manage your environment, to manage, to make sure that the right things happen for you to be the best that you can be. So it actually does manage all of those things as well. And here's the thing. When you're living in that state, when all of these good things are happening, what's really going on? You're feeling great. You're feeling loving, generous, excited about your life. You're being, you're being productive. You're, doing, you're achieving great things. You're making all the right decisions. You're being the best that you can be. And that's the state we're supposed to live in. And the only way we can live in that is by living from that part of our brain, not our thinking brain, not our emotional brain, not our survival brain, but from our creative brain to allow all these things to be, to be happening. Mm. But there's only one time you're not supposed to live like that. And that is when the lion runs out of the forest mm -hmm. at you. Mm -hmm. Because in that instance, you're faced with an immediate threat or danger. Your resourcefulness, creativity, imagination, they're of no use to you there. Mm -hmm. What the brain actually does when it's faced with an immediate, when you're faced with an immediate threat to your survival, it activates a warning signal and it sends out in the form of feelings, fear into your system. Fear is the warning signal that you are faced with an immediate threat to your survival. And what it does then when the brain receives that the survival brain kicks in and it activates your fight-flight-freeze mechanism. It's actually called your sympathetic nervous system. It gets activated. And what that does is it takes all the resources from anywhere else in your body and in your brain to use that energy to direct itself to get rid of that immediate threat or danger because it's going to need that. Mm -hmm. And it blocks out, shuts down anything that's not helpful, not useful, or even damaging to that, including, guess what? your creative brain. 
when you feel fear, and which includes stress, worry, anxiety, they're all part of fear. When you feel that, what's actually happening on a biological level is your brain is switching on your fight, flight, freeze mechanism and shutting down all of your creativity, resourcefulness, big picture thinking, imagination, all of those things. Now, that's great. That's essential when you're faced, when the lion's coming at you. You, you can't have time to think. You're not, you know, thinking's got, you're going to be eaten. But what happens if you've got a problem? How can you solve a problem when you're in that state, when all of your problem-solving resources are being blocked from you? And what do you do? And what do most people do? They live in this state of anxiety. They don't know why their brain is making them feel anxious. The only reason their brain's making them feel anxious and worried is because their brain is interpreting something in their life that's happening right now as being a threat to their survival. But it never is, is it? Something on the TV, somebody says something, it's never a threat to your survival. The lion's not about to eat you. But our brain is operating in a way that makes us think that it is. And it locks us into this very low awareness in the now reactive state where we, we don't know what to do. And what do we do? We frantically try and write down our goals or push or struggle or make decisions or try and learn more information, try and use our thinking brain to figure it all out. That's not the role of our thinking brain either. Our thinking brain doesn't know the answer. Our thinking brain doesn't know what we really need to be happy. We can never figure that out. Our creative brain does. That's the part of the brain that not only knows, it's, it's the part that's supposed to bring it to us. We block out all of those resources when we activate this fear mechanism. And this is why in the Bible, for instance, we have been taught all this stuff about how to use your brain. The Bible says more than 360 times, be not afraid, have no fear, have faith, let go. Now, it's not saying that'd be a good idea to work on your fears and try not to be as afraid as possible. Or if you are, you know, try all these things and techniques and everything. And just reduce the amount of fear because everything will be all right. It, it says, no, it doesn't say that. It says, be not afraid because that is an order. That is an instruction. When you are afraid, you activate the wrong part of your brain, which means you're not going to be living as you're naturally designed to live, surviving and thriving, being your best. You're acting as if you've got a lion in the room. And most people are walking around with lions all around them, and then they're simply not there. But their brain, through our conditioning and all sorts of things, is interpreting that our life is full of lions when it's not. And when you understand this, you realize the machine works without fear. Fear is the enemy. Fear is the toxin. Just like physical toxins damage our body, mental toxins in the way of fear are going to stop us from operating this machine the right way. And what is the symptom of operating a machine the wrong way? Problems. Mm -hmm. Stress. Not doing well. That's all it is. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was listening. It was interesting. And then when, finally, when you said that, it clicked. Like, okay, we are living in this, not all of us all the time, but generally society, we're living in a state of stress constantly keeping up, having to do this, our work, just the way that our society is kind of structured, there's just a lot of stress. And so no wonder people are feeling both physically and mentally off balance and not themselves, not their best. And you're right. It, it may not be literally like a lion jumping at you and you have adrenaline, but when there's stresses around, of course, it's going to affect you. you know, that makes so much sense. So I think 
beautifully said, beautifully explained, and um, comes back to awareness, consciousness. And uh, I was going to ask you, um, that fourth part of the brain, I would assume intuition would fit in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if this doesn't feel right, listen to that. You're literally, your, your brain is telling you. You know, really interesting, as you know, I do a lot of marriage and relationship coaching. And one of the really interesting, if people don't think this is, um, or, or another way of understanding this in your own life is very often, you might have a friend or a family member who's going through a, a problem, maybe a relationship problem. And they come to you and they say, oh, I'm having all sorts of problems in my marriage or my relationship. And, you know, we're not just not getting on and, and this, that, and that's happening. You can see very clearly what they should do. You can see the answer. You go, oh, it's so obvious what you should do. Leave the guy mm-hmm. or, you know, go and find someone better. Maybe someone in a job is a good example. You're in the wrong job. Go and find another job. And you can see very clearly if that's the answer. It might be to do something else. It might be to, you know, get rid of their boss or <laughs> whatever. But you can usually see for somebody else very clearly the solution to their problem. Mm-hmm. But they, isn't it interesting? They can't yeah. see it. And they say to you things like, oh, no, I'm going to really work hard at it. And, you know, I don't want to give up on this relationship. And everyone knows you have to, that relationship, everyone knows that relationships are hard and you have to work at them and they're a struggle. And, and you know, we've got too much to lose and all these things. What are they saying to you? They're saying, I'm afraid. And when they're in their fear state, what's ha- happening? Their brain is blocking out all of their awareness on the right thing to do. They literally can't see the right thing to do. And even if someone was to come along and tell them to their blue in the face, give them a written guarantee in writing that what they should do, their brain won't allow Mm -hmm. them to see it. And it certainly won't allow them to act on it. And this is what keeps people stuck. Mm -hmm. And then they put so much effort into trying to solve their problems, but they're using the part of the brain that doesn't solve problems. That part of the brain is looking for problems. Because it's look when the lion's out there, it's going, what else is in the grass? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, what else is here? So this is what keeps people stuck and they don't realize that if you want to end if you really want to live your life the, the way you're designed to live which is being the best that you can be which is in the flow it's called being in the zone or in the flow or really having a happy life firstly you have to believe it's possible it's not only possible it's the, it's the way nature is designed for you to live now the fact that virtually nobody's doing it doesn't if only one person is saying the truth it's still the truth mm-hmm. you know and you only need to look at all of nature and see it that this is biologically um, the truth. But what you need to realize is that if you're living in a, in a stress state, that is the problem. You will never be able to fix your life in that state. So the enemy becomes not what's going on in your life. The enemy becomes what's causing you to feel bad. In other words, what do you have control over that you can eliminate from your life or certainly massively reduce that's making you feel bad? And you've got to realize that's the enemy. If someone came along to you with a glass of hydrochloric acid and said, can I, this is the latest new fuel to, that runs cars, I'll put it in your car. You go, hang on a second, you, no. And they say, well, what's the problem? And you say, well, that's going to damage the car, it's going to wreck it, you know. And they say, hey, well, look, everyone else is considering using this f- as a new fuel. And if you really believe, and I've got all these things I can tell you about how good it is, and if you pray, and if you have positive thinking and and really focus on it, it'll be all right. It'll be good in your car. You go, that's not how it works. It doesn't matter what the justifica- justification, how how um, how you feel justified, as I say, that, that you should feel a certain way. 
once you understand that this is the poison, that it's activating the wrong part of your brain, the part of your brain that's only designed to get you out of an immediate danger in a very for a very short period of time. It's not designed to it's not able to design your life. Once you realize that, you realize that's that's what you need to focus on. Not fixing anything in your life, just fixing how you're feeling. And we can all do that. We can turn off the TV. We can turn off that conversation with somebody that makes us feel bad. We can not go and talk to that person who makes us feel bad. We can get rid of the employee who isn't working, or we can get a different job or a different relationship. We actually do have a choice over these things. And if we realize how crucial it was, it will never, ever live to our potential when we're blocking our brain from doing its job by allowing fear in, into our life. Yeah. Then um, that that becomes your focus. You know, that becomes this is my mission. Mm-hmm. I've got to I've got to do this, not only for my own good, but for all the people that I care about. Because when you're being your best, that's when you're most loving. That's when you contribute the most to other people, to society. That's when you do great things. So you've got to do this. Yeah, it does help other it impacts everybody. And I just feel I mean, this is a broad statement. Not everyone's living like this, but I from observations and being there, we're all human. We've all been through it. Um, having stress or, or being fearful, it almost sometimes when you get stuck in a rut, it's almost like that's all you know, and you almost it's like it's like your comfort zone. Like this is just how it is. Like I'm, life is just stressful, life is just scary, and we kind of just settle for that. But we don't have yeah. to. We really don't have to. And um, I, well, if you knew you didn't have to, why would you settle for it? Right. And seeing, I mean, you know, it doesn't make sense. But if you think it's inevitable, if you think that's the way life is, then you will settle for it. Right. Yep. And I think I've heard this before too, in the spiritual world a lot. And I really resonates with me and it's changed my life. Um, look, fear is one of the lowest vibrations energetically. Um, it's there Absolutely. for a reason to protect you in certain situations, yes, but to be living in a constant state of fear. Not healthy. <laughs> it's not only un- unhealthy, it's not natural. And it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and it damages you biologically mm-hmm. on every level. Mm-hmm. You know, science is more and more realizing that all disease, virtually all disease, is created by stress. Stress. Because it's yeah. because the purpose of fear, you know, when the lion is about to eat you, you're designed biologically to put in an enormous amount of energy for a very short period of time to get rid of that danger. And that puts big stress on your your physiology, mm-hmm. but that's okay when it's only for a very short right. um, period, you know, a few seconds or a few minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So your heart rate beats harder, yeah. and you're you're breathing in more oxygen. Your your muscles are all stronger, and all of those things. That's you need all of that. You might need all of that to survive that immediate danger, but it's not the way you're supposed to live because it's 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 too damaging mm-hmm. to you on a long term basis. The way you're supposed to live is without fear, without stress. And actually, again, what the Bible says, have faith, believe, trust, have no fear about tomorrow. Do not worry about what you shall eat, drink, or wear. That will all be provided for you. Mm-hmm. It's provided by your creative brain, which is its job is to provide it for you mm-hmm. so that you're the best that you can be, so that you survive. Mm-hmm. You know, So uh, this is the thing. Fear, fear really is it's a biological thing. It's not just a nice idea. Right. It's how we're designed to be. Yeah, you're right. But you don't want to be in that constant because it's very taxing on the body and your adrenal system and it can do a lot of damage. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And that is a cool way of thinking about it. Like our creative brain 
How do you think people created the world we live in? They invented things. We figured out ways of building shelter. You know, way back our ancestors created shelter. Now we have different ways of doing it, but it's because we're creative and we figure out ways to survive. Exactly. Everything benefits. Mm -hmm. But the other interesting thing about the creative brain, when you really think about it, here's another thought for your deep thought for your listeners. If you think about the most significant things that have happened to you in your life, that might be the person you've met who you marry and have children with or you know, um, different career choices or business choices or people that you associate with, very, very few of them, if any, are the result of you setting goals and trying to achieve those things. Most of the significant things that happen to you in your life are like things that come out of the blue. Mm-hmm. So where do they come from? They're not coming from us trying to make them happen. You know, we don't sit down at, at on, on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock, write down our goals and say, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I'm going to meet this person and we're going to get married and we're going to have three children and this is what they're going to look like and this is what we're going to do. You don't do any of that. You suddenly bump into somebody and you look at them and go, I'm going to marry that person or you know, I want to be in a relationship with that person or you see a job or a business or a, an idea and it just, just things fall into place. So there is something else working on your life besides you trying to figure it all out. Right. So why not just re- acknowledge that that is the part that's driving your life and let it do its job and get out of the way and stop creating problems and stress that, so that you, you don't spend most of your time trying to clean up messes that wouldn't exist if you'd actually made the right decision in the first place. Because mm-hmm. I know what I used to do a lot of in my stressful days. I'd go, oh, no, I shouldn't have made that decision. But we make the wrong decision out of fear. We go, oh, I know that they're, they're not the right person to marry, but I'm going to make it work. We all know relationships are hard. You have to work at them. I'll make it work, you know? And it just creates a life of stress that's all so unnecessary. And in the meantime, our creative brain, which is connected to infinite intelligence, is saying, what are you doing? (laughs) Please, can you get out of the way? You know, I'm here to do a job, which is to make you have the greatest chance of survival, and you're sabotaging it. Yeah, a lot of self-sabotaging. So do you think on a deeper spiritual level then, yes, we have what we need to survive biologically. Do you think though, like you said, you bump into somebody, um, maybe my creative thinking is making that available and I'm noticing it and I'm going to go for the right person, but they still just walked down the street. I didn't do that. So, and I bumped into them, right? So would you say that that's like the universe supporting me in a like a way to survive, like a, a way to thrive and survive. I mean, how do you kind of explain that aspect of it? Well, there's a couple of things. Firstly, being the best that we can be also means being our best spiritually, mm-hmm. because we do have a spiritual component. So, of course, all of that is handled by our creative brain as well. It's not like just a purely functional thing, but it is designed to give us the greatest experience of our biological self. But in terms of how responsible are we for what happens in our life? I think more and more evidence is is proving, and I'm I'm certainly have proven this to myself and people I work with. Yes, you do actually on one on a very high level of awareness, you are aware that you there's a part of you that is controlling the events in your life. Yeah. It's not some random thing, or it's not some something outside of you, or some being or person outside of you that's deciding that you should have this person in your life. Your creative brain is actually managing your environment. It's bringing to you the right people, the right circumstances. On a low level of awareness, we would call this chance, luck, Mm -hmm. um, synchronicity. 
But when you start really using your creative brain the way you're designed to, what happens is your awareness shifts and you start to see the truth. And you start to see things in a very different way, the way they actually are, which is there are no coincidences in this world. There couldn't be. It couldn't function if it was all random. Mm -hmm. There there are laws that that make everything work perfectly. The the planets move around the stars, Mm -hmm. whatever they... Everything, the atoms, the molecules, they all work perfectly. Everything in nature biologically works perfectly. There's nothing random. But you only become aware of that when you're using your creative brain, when you see the truth. So you see that there are no chance events. And the beautiful part about that is, instead of being afraid and worried, what do I need to do? How how am I going to make sure I get the right people in my life? What What do I need to figure out? What do I do now? You know that there's a part of your brain that's not your, that's all your thinking, fear-based stuff. It's a part of your brain whose job is actually to do it. So you can actually just enjoy your life, which is what you're supposed to be doing, Mm. and let your brain do it for you. Now, it doesn't mean you don't do anything, but you're putting in productive effort, creative effort, effort that actually creates a a result. Mm. And someone was saying to me the other day, actually, you know, well, but you have to be persistent if you want to achieve anything. You're never at your most more persistent. You're you're at you are at your most persistent when you're loving what you're doing. You know, great people who are great at anything who spend hours and hours a day doing it, whether it's a sport or anything else, and they practice and practice, a musician, they practice. They're not doing it because they don't enjoy it. They're doing it because they love it. So, this is where you get all of these things happening. But you can't manufacture. You can't force it. Mm-hmm. But you put in the effort. You put in and. and but it's joyful effort rather than struggle. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to enjoy an adventurous life with effort and, and pleasure, which is not doesn't mean you just sit there and do nothing. It's quite the opposite. You're more productive. But you do things that are really good for you and that you really enjoy rather than struggling and trying to overcome problems and figure things out and trying to get somewhere else that you think you need to go, which is, you know, which is not in harmony with who you really are. Yeah, very well said. And you kind of mentioned this, but I I think too, if you're in a balanced flow state, you um, someone walks by you, you could say, yeah, that's random, but you also have the consciousness to recognize that that could be a really wonderful person for you versus if you are living in the stressed state, you may not even recognize it. So that consciousness, the awareness is more there, which can help you achieve and and enjoy these wonderful things that are in front of you, which you may have bypassed before because you were so distracted with your stress. In a stressful state, you don't see the right opportunities. Exactly. Your brain is focused on problems. Yeah. Your brain is saying, where is the lion in the grass? Mm-hmm. What other dangers are there? Its job is not to, to see your opportunities. Right. It's not there. It's to, designed to get rid of a threat there and then, yeah. and it's designed to find every threat that exists. Mm-hmm. So you can't possibly do that. But the great thing is about your creative state. You don't even... You're not even aware of, am I making the right decision or not? You just make the right decision. You know, this again, this isn't necessarily part of your thinking brain, and it's not even part of your emotional brain. The, you make the right decision, and you don't worry about whether you are making the right decision or not. That's the other thing, because all of those things are fear-based, aren't they? Yeah. Worrying about, am I make, measuring it? Is this the right thing? Oh, what does this feel like? Mm, can I? You don't need to do any of any of that. This is a natural process. This is the way you're naturally designed to be. You're not. You don't need to be an intellectual expert to run your life perfectly. It's not. It's not the way the way you're designed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about information and knowledge. It's about this 
this part of your brain which is connected to infinite intelligence, which is which is interestingly enough, people talk about letting go and having faith and you know you have to let go. This is how you do it. This is the part of you that you're trusting. It's a physical, biological part of you. So you don't, it's actually not um, faith at all when you understand it. Mm -hmm. Like a car, you don't have faith that your car is going to work. You just understand that it does. And, mm -hmm. and therefore, you don't even think about it. You just let it do, it, do its job. It's, it's yeah. the same with your brain. Mm -hmm. And it's a much easier, it's the way we're supposed to live. You know, it's like, as I say, we're supposed to have fun here and have an adventure. Mm -hmm. An experience. Yeah. <clears throat> Very fascinating. Well, I, before we like end, because we're already, we've had so much wonderful conversation, but I want to make sure we touch a little bit on the relationship side of things, since that is an area of your, you know, you coach, you're mentioning, um, you kind of touched on this, but I'm assuming you use this model in your coaching with relationships, correct? I more and more do. I, yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of, I've got coaching programs, which are primarily designed for people who've got real problems in their marriage. You know, their husband or wife has said they want a divorce. Mm -hmm. But what I, and I've got a lot of powerful techniques and methods and ways to increase communication, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, get over feelings of hurt mm -hmm. and all of those things, all of those blockages. But at the end of the day, what I, what I realized um, the more I did this coaching is you can give all the people the right information. That doesn't mean they're going to use it. And the reason they won't use it is because they're not allowed, their brain won't allow them to use it because their brain can't see that that's the right thing to do and, they, and it won't let them do it. So you, like everything else, you can know the right things to do, but you've got to get your brain into a position where it will actually do it, do the right things for you automatically. And this is the problem I found with so much um, counseling, if you like, relationship counseling, which unfortunately has a very low success rate. And the reason is, is dealing with trying to solve your problems on a logical level. And if you sit down and you try and use your thinking brain to figure out what you're doing wrong and what you should do right, and, oh, we have an argument, and let's, oh, no, if they, if they say that to me, then that means I should do this. Okay. You can learn all that stuff, but when it actually comes to the argument, you never do it. <laughs> and you think, well, why didn't I do it? Hang on, what was I supposed to do? Why didn't I do it? Because, again, it's relationships are a classic example. You've got to get rid of fear. If you want to have a wonderful relationship with somebody, you've got to remove your fears. Because when you don't have fears, then you're being your true self. Then you're being your loving self. And that's when you can give the most to that relationship. But if you're worried about what the other person might think or whether they're going to go off with somebody else, or if you're, you might end up alone and with nobody else, and you, know, um, you might regret that that relationship ended, if you have any of those fears, you're not going to do the right things, mm -hmm. even if you know what they are. Right. You're still not going to do them. So this is why it's so it's really so powerful for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know you can't like give all your secrets away and also explain it so quickly, probably in the time that we have. But I really understand that the fear part. But let's just say you're in a, a good marriage. You know, I'll put myself out there. I'm a real person. We have a young toddler. We have another one on the way. Life is busy. It's very transactional. How do you like use the right side of the brain to? Because you know, just it's fast, and we're kind of like bickery. Everyone's bickering. So how do you minimize so that? What or you, what do you work on? Well, like, what do you? Well, what I would do is, if I was spending time with somebody, I would say, "What are you afraid of that might or might not happen if you don't act in a certain way in your marriage?" Mm. So you're afraid that that the children aren't going to be brought up properly if you don't put in 
you know, in other words, what what is causing the pressure in your marriage? What's causing the stress? Mm-hmm. Are you tr- what What are you trying hard at? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to make sure they have a good education, or I, I want to make sure that the, the the children do this, or they mm-hmm. they grow up with this belief, or they or this habit, or I want to make sure my husband or my wife um, that we get on in a certain way. All of that's based on fear. But if you if, but if you say, well, I if you change it and realize that if you don't have fear, you're going to create the perfect relationship and the perfect family for you. Now, it might not even look like what you think it's going to look like. It probably won't. Maybe it's something different. Mm-hmm. But you'll never know unless you, un, un, until you realize your creative brain will do all those things if you just let go of all of the things that are causing you to feel stressed and think I, something has to as I say, if I had more time with somebody, I'd help them understand and dig down because a lot of this is subconscious. We aren't aware of it. Mm. But what is driving me? What am I worried about? What do I think needs to happen? Oh, they, you know, they, they need to grow up in a certain way or they need to have this belief, as I said, or whatever it is. And if you let all of that go and say, I don't actually have the answers to how to make my relationship great. I don't even have the answers to how long this relationship should last, whether it's the right one for me. But I don't need to know because my creative brain, if I just trust and I just do the best I can, and I just try and get rid of stress. You know, people, you, you will do the right things, and things will turn out perfectly for you. It might be staying married to that person. It might not. Mm. It it might be your children doing something completely different to what you expect, but it'll be the perfect thing for them. Yeah. You know, education is a good example. So many people have this huge stress. I don't know what it's like in your country. It's probably pretty bad. They've got to send them to the right school and they've got to give them all these things for their education. They spend a huge amount of their time and effort to make money for that to happen when in actual fact that might be complete, completely the wrong um, just because it's a school with a certain name or you know college or whatever. That might be complete, it might be better if you go off and homeschool them and get in a, in a van and drive around the country for three years. You know, you don't know, but you're not going to know. Your brain won't show you that until you get your your fear and your fixation on things mm-hmm. have to be this way for things right. to, for me to be happy, and they don't. So your brain knows tip. what you need to be happy. Does that make sense? Do yeah. you think? Yeah. Oh, uh, the last part clicked for me. I'm a, I'm making a joke, but I'm like a Virgo. I like everything to kind of be a certain way and control things, and it, it's a good intent. It's always good intention, right? I like to take care of my family and have everything nice and neat. But it can't always be like that, right? So I have to like let go of that control. And then if my, you know, so that's my area. But I think, um, yeah, we get fixated on how something should be. And then when it doesn't happen, then the reaction comes out, right? And so I think, yeah, it's really interesting. Most of us spend our life fixated on, on trying to achieve what we think the way things should be. Yeah. And the reality is they never turn out the way we think the way things should be because in our head we think oh, when this happens everything will be perfect and we'll be so happy and you know no arguments and all that even if you got to that point where you are where you see yourself in your mind and where you will be in that place are two different places mm-hmm. and you're, you're probably this is why people set goals and think when i achieve that i'll be happy they get there and they're not happy and then they have to keep going yeah. because they're using their thinking brain rather than just trusting and saying I wonder what's going to show up today in my cre- my creative brain. I wonder what's going to bring me today. I have no um, attachment. You know, religion talks about this or, or spirituality. Be you know, remove your d- attachment to things, and this is why because your creative brain knows far more than you do about what you want and how to get it. Mm-hmm. So you have to remove any preconceived idea 
of what you think you need to be happy and just just see what shows up and act on what shows up. Another way of doing this, the ultimate, is living in the present moment. Mm -hmm. People call, call that mindfulness, being in the now, whatever it is. That's the ultimate way of using your brain the right way because it's the only way place where you're not afraid. You're not trying to hang on to anything. You're not worried about the next moment. Remember, it says in the Bible, be not, do not worry about tomorrow. It's saying it's not saying set goals and worry about and try and fixate on how things need to be. Trust the part of your brain that does the job, the part that's designed to get you to where you want to go or where you're supposed to go. And whatever that looks like for you, you're going to be amazed. And the beautiful part about this is once you start doing this, more and more great things start showing up in your life. And you go, hmm, I wonder where that came from. And then you go, ah, I understand now. Mm -hmm. And then you become more addicted to, to living this way and yeah. more good things show up. Yeah. So you kind of practice what, it. It becomes easier. Mm -hmm. Being in the moment has really helped me. And also the attachment thing. A lot of Buddhists practice talk about that. and. Attachment yeah. is very difficult for us as humans here, but I think um, that can be so freeing. Wow. Yeah, these are well, all you really understand. Good. This is biological. You know, a lot of religions, they talk about it in a theory, uh, sorry, a fairly theoretical way. This is biological. This is the way you're designed to live. This is the way all nature works, mm -hmm. including you. It's not being attached to, to, to outcomes. It's not just a nice idea. It's biological. It's mechanical. Mm -hmm. it's, how, it's, it's, as, it's as mechanical as walking off a cliff and going downwards. That's it. It's crazy because you feel like you've lived your whole life, you know, being taught to like be attached to something, you, you know, from a child. I'm not going to share. It's mine. It, it's from the get, right? You really have to, wow. It's oh, we've been conditioned by yeah. since birth that all of this is wrong, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Yep. So wow. this is what we have to unlearn. But it, uh, again, if there's only one person says the truth, it's still the truth. The yeah. fact that everybody else is living the opposite way doesn't make it make it right. And if unfortunately you look at the the biological failure rate of humans, ninety eight percent of people are not being biologically successful. They're not being the best they can be. They're not realizing their potential. They're living with stress and problems. Well, so look at our know, world. I think we don't even have to say anything. Just look at the chaos, and you can see things aren't working. And that's what I think is going on right now on a higher level. Is things are crumbling, and um, but on a higher level, you think you actually see that everything's absolutely perfect. What's not perfect is people's perception yeah. of themselves and what's going on. And that's what causes the stress. Mm. That's what causes people to feel terrible is not what's going on. It's what they think is going mm. on. And what they think is going on is based on this part of their brain going, there's problems. You're a limited little being. You've got to fight the enemy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's danger. Mm -hmm. You can't see the truth that everything's perfect when you're in that state. So you see the world is full of problems and, and stress, and, but it's not. Mm. The world is amazing. The world Go back is 100 amazing. years and yeah. say, say, you know, in 100 years' time, you're going to be able to do all those things. People would go, wow, I'm going to be in, I, bet we, I bet in 100 years you're going to be, everyone will be so happy mm. that they can talk to each other on the phone. They don't need to worry about where they, where they get their water and food from. They've got clothing. They've got all of these great things they can access to infinite information everyone will be so everyone, there'll be no no pain or in life then everyone will be so happy but here we are <laughs> it's not like that because yeah. it's people's perception and it's not That's their true. fault it's because they're not they're not aware that they're using their brain in a way that doesn't allow them to see the truth right yeah sometimes i actually say that i'll like step outside and i'm like everything's if you look at everything's actually going great it's beautiful things are existing it's fine 
But then we have all these like structured parts of society that are all like, you know, and then we're looking at that. So you're right. It is about perception and it's a good way to, to explain it, to think about it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, this is a wonderful. There, it's just, we make it so complicated, but it's really quite simple. You know, if you, if you think life is complicated, just go out and look at a bird. And I mean, really look at a bird, not for five seconds. Mm-hmm. For a minute, two minutes, five minutes, and just see the perfection in a bird. Mm-hmm. Look at a tree mm-hmm. and look at the perfection there, and you'll say, you'll realize it's infinite mm-hmm. in its beauty and infinite in its complexity, but all of that has brought it into this marvelously beautiful, simple structure, which is a bird yeah. or a tree or whatever it is, or an insect. But so we are it, too, it right? It doesn't need to be. Pardon? We are that as well, if you could uh, have that we need appreciation. need to be able to see that. For another person or yourself, if you could do that too, and just look at how amazing we are, our bodies, and oh, oh it's incredible. If, and that's if we really started to stop and become aware of that, we'd realize that there is something magical that is driving this world that we're a part of mm-hmm. and that we can tap into. Why would we be worried and stressed and trying to f- to figure stuff out? You could literally spend your life just looking at one leaf on a tree mm-hmm. and never be bored with what with trying to understand what that was. Mm-hmm. So we, we live in an incredible um, infinite universe, but we our awareness of where, whether we can see that or not and appreciate that or not is, comes down to how we use our brain. And we're designed to be able to appreciate it. We're designed to be here to love every moment and go, wow, this is incredible. And I'm so lucky and grateful and loving. And all that's what we're designed because that is the truth. Mm-hmm. We are surrounded by that. And again, all we need to do, it's a bit like with a car. If you use it the right way, you're going to go, wow, this is a great trip. This is perfect. This is what, what it's supposed to be. But if you don't, if you're going to have problems and you're going to go, I don't understand that all I see are problems. All I see is is stress. This mm. isn't right. This is, you know, upsetting. Mm. I love it all. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so valuable. I'm so glad that we could do this episode to share with people because I think it like it obviously changed your life and, you know, I, I can continue to practice this and be more aware and I've done it a little bit, but I have more of it that I'd like to do. And I just think it's a wonderful journey. Um, where can people find you if they do want, you know, some extra help or they want to learn more about this? Are you online? Yeah, everything is on my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. I've got a podcast called Using Your Brain for Success, which is all about, really, I go very deep into explaining about your brain, who you are, how to use it, and those things. Um, I do coaching. I have a coaching program, which is, <coughs> excuse me, uses a process which explains all of this in a lot more detail, again, about how your brain works and how you're wired and how to eliminate the things that are stopping you from living in the right state. And I also have a process there called Neurostate Rebalancing as part of that program, because once you've stopped getting all this wrong fuel coming into your brain, you've got to retrain your brain to a degree to see the difference between what's a real lion and what's an imaginary lion based on what's already in there. Because your brain through your whole life has made all of these associations and it's creating all these imaginary lions. And through neurostate rebalancing, which is as the name suggests, rebalances your brain so you're using your creative part rather than your survival part what that does is it gets your brain to see the difference. And then your brain can go, oh, I can see that's not a lion, so I'm not going to be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. But that's a lion, I'll only be afraid of that. 
but we don't have to deal with many lions these days. So most of the time, you don't have to be afraid of anything. Mm. That's the beauty of it. But it's all there on my website if people would like to find out more, just liamnaden.com. Perfect. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes as well so people can find you. Thank, oh, thank you, you so much for all the work that you're doing to help people and, um, and you know, for this podcast to help people, you know, learn something new or are thinking about it in a different way on the other side of the brain. <laughs> um, this was really wonderful. So thank you so much, Liam. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you.